This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Sitting up there, Jack. Pepsi. I'm there for the pack goat. You just got to pack me in. Committed to the bow early on. Like, I love getting close and putting up. You cover a range of stuff on here, too, right? Like, we call this the, uh, the THP World Headquarters. You know, my grandpa Roy Weatherby. I came into like that golden little pocket where there was like four or five different bowls. Just... You're Canadian? We're doing yeah, a I... Canadian podcast? My name's Douglas Bode. I'm Robbie Denning. Royal Candy. It helps if you fucking plug it in. Just saying. That's yeah. Cool. Turn it on. Plug it in. Oh, there we go. Hold on, I got to adjust the camera. Holy fuck. Yeah. Now who likes the close-ups? Yeah, now who's breaking in? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. We're back, boys. We're so back. I thought we were talking with uh, Ashley, but I don't know who the fuck this young guy is on. Well, I don't either. I was going to say. Yeah. I got my brother. I didn't want to get up early, so I just sent my bro down. So what's going on with the? What's going on? You just wanted like a, a fresh start. What do you mean? This is how every year goes. It fresh starts. Yeah, absolutely. So cut, cut the bad juju off. You mean so? No, you fresh start. You shave, clean shave every year. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. This oh. is this is sort of off season <laughs> Ashley here, but it's I getting I don't less. Fucking... It's just getting less and less of an off season. So is that how we judge how much time you're out in the bush? Is like, do we get a measuring tape? It doesn't take long. Yeah, it doesn't take long. But yeah, that's by the end of it. Yeah, I've got this two-tiered thing going by the end (laughs) of the hunting season. But that that is, that's true story. I kind of run it with the the program. Huh. I'm trying to decide whether a beard looks better on you or... I just, it's, I've never, I get, I've seen you without a beard and like pictures, but never seen you. With yeah, I get both camps. It's not, it's not sounding like it's going so good here this morning, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, I get both camps. Some people are, are good on the beard and others are 
including my wife, are are not great on the beard. So your wife doesn't like the beard. She prefers. She doesn't love it. Yeah, she she likes she it. She likes when... to see her. She oh, likes she to likes see her face. It. Yeah, or something like that. That's, but that's she, she, yeah, she likes it when I keep it toned down. But when I go full, um, yeah, huh. when I go full maniac, she she doesn't love it as much. I'd uh-huh. like to get the best at that point. To, I thought so- you were just like beard all the time type of guy. Now that you're, you know, no, no, aged I'm... like Pete. Many, many, many <laughs> more dimensions in that. Yeah. I can't stand the itchiness once it gets to a certain point there. I just, I can't get through it. I just, yeah, I just can't I, grow one. Like I, I don't grow facial hair on the sides of my face. And then like, it's not really blotchy. Kind of a dog peed on lawn kind of a thing going. Yeah. So I, I just leave it alone. <laughs> but. I'm never going to be able to unsee that. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's uh well, one day, one day, Kev. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, you got me up. To, like I said, this is my brother. He's you know Razia. Huh. Hey man, it's good. <laughs> so, what are we going to talk about? Kind of like the end of the year wrap up, I guess. Yeah, it is. It's the last day of the year. I'm sweating like a like a hooker in church here. I just did right. a five k run. Back on the treadmill. That's disgusting. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. like just no, no. Be a normal person and. Change and start tomorrow. Or start start tomorrow. the day after tomorrow. Day yeah. after tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Drink your coffee. Sit I, down and do nothing and for five minutes. Water. Dark Mountain. Plug them. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So year end wrap up. Bump bump bump. Good season. It was long season. Was lots and lots season, of grinding. Man. Hard season. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah, hard for season. both of you guys. You guys hammered it. Yeah, hard. yeah, yeah. It's it's still it's hard to forget, but yeah, it's crazy. On this with, year's already wrapping up. Twenty twenty three. Fuck me. Wow. It's like it just flew by. Already thinking about spring bear, which is oh, crazy. Man, I'm getting I'm getting so excited for spring bear. Man, yeah. I, hey, <laughs> Ashley, I'm gonna tell you like we were gonna go on that whitetail hunt, and we were looking like every day. I was checking the weather, like praying for cold weather. Oh, holy fuck. Am I loving this weather now? No, I know. I, I, I still don't love it. it. It just bothers me. It's 10 degrees at, at Christmas is just, yeah, I don't enjoy it, but, uh, well, you guys don't overly get too cold down there. No, I mean, we here don't. It's seasonally. I think it was like 11 degrees the other day. That's something else. Yeah. And yet yeah we've, it's crazy. we've pretty much had the perfect weather, you know, minus five to minus 10 over by where we are. That's Which is warm for you guys. Warmer. Yeah, we kind of, yeah, it's warm it's warmer. Um we've been sitting more in the, the lower single digits for longer than we normally do, but we kind of have a little pocket down here in the Kootenays where it's uh I don't know, we don't get super cold weather. We kind of that little oasis. I mean, we do get cold cold, but our little pocket here isn't so bad for whatever reason, but Yeah. Yeah, no, it's been good. I'm getting lots done on my addition. Like looking the good. The demo would have been a bitch to Man, like I did three loads to the dump the other day, didn't get stuck. I didn't that have sounds... to, I didn't get busted for no high vis either, either. So that felt like a win. <laughs> it's a big day for me. Big day. Man, they'll kick you out of there if you don't have a high vis on. Are you serious? I usually do have a high vis in the back of my truck somewhere, but I just didn't have one. But the guy was in a good Christmas mood, so he just let it slide. Right. To go to the dump, you need a high vis. Yeah. So like I go into construction, I got a dump truck. So I go in the back okay, where yeah. the commercial yeah. construction areas. 
Okay, that's and fair. You need high vis, but I've been like, they have high vis guys down there. I was gonna say a different word, but I won't say it. Um, oh, they've got they've got high vis guys down there, and they'll they'll toss you if you're not wearing high vis. But I slipped in, slipped out three times, no high vis, so I was jacked, man. That's good. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking forward to seeing that thing all sealed up. Yeah, it is. It's coming along. Yeah, it's big. It's a lot bigger. Like once you start putting the some walls up and then you realize like i got the first floor walls up now i still have to go to the peak which is you know 25 feet from the ground so but yeah anyway okay. glad there's no snow Did that what have you been doing all week pete uh kids gone no not till next week or maybe friday friday saturday i think they go back and uh yeah i've just been working on my reno here it's just been a freaking gong show yeah, that color is definitely starting to grow on me. I don't know. It looks a little better. Well, it's the lighting here. Yeah, actually, you flip it around to the other side of the room where it's not shadowy and I don't have a bunch of shit in here. It changes, actually, the, the look of it. Um, we'll see, though. I got the floor prep last night. or finished prepping it to put some leveler down. And uh, it's all dry so far. So I'll turn the heaters back on, go fishing for a couple hours with Evie, and then uh, I'm going to start laying some floor later on before we head out to the lake for fireworks and... Some soda pops. Nice. Yeah. Any but, New Year's yeah. resolutions? I don't make New Year's resolutions. If I want to change, I just do it now. That's my philosophy. I don't need January 1st. Just, I need now. You want to do it, do it. Yeah. It always baffled me or, you know, people are like, I'm going to quit drinking after New Year's or I'm going to quit doing this or I'm going to start exercising after once New Year's starts. But it's like nobody does it on the first. And yeah. like, if you're really saying you're going to start on the New Year. Well, I, I always... I always do laugh when you kind of run through those memes and stuff too about the gyms, the gyms, you know, your regular gym person that goes 365 kind of deal rolls in January 1st of the first week of January. And it's like, there's 500 people taking up every machine and, you know, you wait two months, three months, and all of a sudden everybody whittles out or the majority of the people, cause that's what happens is people can't, people, people choose not to keep pushing through, or maybe they've got their you know, too high expectations at first and, you know, they just slowly give up or they prioritize other things. And I think it's the toughest part. It's kind of like what you said to me last year, you know, just watching, you just got to hardest part is to start. And then after that, it's, it's to keep that momentum going instead of choosing to sit down on your phone and, you know, be on the TikTok for half an hour. Well, you could have been downstairs riding a bike, lifting some small weights, doing what stairs, it doesn't matter. It's just a choice of what your priority yeah, You got to make a habit. Make, make yeah. something a habit. You got to do it for, you know, a month. Put a good solid month in. But yeah, I imagine those gyms, man, their their membership must increase dramatically. Well, I guess, you know, I, I don't know. If, I imagine they must have rebounded back now from COVID, but like oh, January 1st so. must have been their like, or January must have been like their top seller of months, but. I don't know. I, I don't I don't ever go to the gym, so I don't know. I know they all got shut down during COVID. What do you do, Ashley? Home workouts? Do you go out somewhere? No, I, I do home workouts. I have a I last year I implemented something that really worked well for me, and that's uh in in my uh home office here. I have my weight set up here, and in order to go get another coffee, go to the washroom, I have to do a set. Nice. So I just do a set and then it's happening all through the day. And then it doesn't have to, because it's hard to find that hour 
to two hour focus time to just hit it hard. Um, I save that mostly for like weighted training hikes and stuff when I got a bigger chunk of time and I just hit the weights throughout the day. And that way I'm doing it uh, more often. It, it ends up just being more weight training and that that's worked the best ever for anything i've uh implemented yeah you do a lot of rocking eh? that's your you like yeah that, i i do a, a lot of rocking for sure i i definitely did the most rocking ever last year um it felt like i was basically putting in hunt level hikes all through the year i think there's some risks to that for some training injuries and stuff but i i didn't get hurt or anything last year so so it worked out good. I did the combination of, of rocking and then hand carry weight just to really sort of make, set the point home that uh, you're going to want to put these weights down, but you can't. So just keep moving. That's a big thing too. And it's not necessarily getting in shape. It's just trying to prevent injury Yeah, while you're out yeah. there or preventing injury so you can get back out there, you know? Yeah, for sure. I like flexibility, all that stuff. Like not just training with weights and all that stuff. And like, yeah, training, for sure. Being flexible. So if you slip and fall, you're not going to pull a muscle. It'll just, you know, it's used to being flexible and not stiff. You feel the difference when you're out there, right? When you're under load. Oh, 100%. If, if you've been working on it and, and keeping your mobility up, uh, you're, you're quite a bit different. Um, in your confidence of how your body's moving you you feel a lot more solid you feel like you you plant your feet where they go and and keep moving and if, if you kind of soft soften up and uh and try and hit it as hard because your brain still thinks you can um you quickly realize oh that that training does matter so oh so yeah that's the like, hardest as you get you've... older you get you got to train twice as hard to get half the results now have yeah, you ever trained this hard better. for your season this year in the past or is this like the hardest that you've had to train i mean you're doing a lot right now with packing all your camera gear like you're doing more than the average hunter. i think i think it's uh i think it's been progressively getting more over the the last three years particularly of of being very specific like have just said like i am getting older and i'm i'm really it's getting older too so don't think right it's know. not just me that's good that's good to know but uh I just really just said I wasn't going to go down without a fight. Like I, you know, I put in 50, 60 hours a week in front of a computer or mostly in front of a computer. Um, Fuck, that's a lot. Not, that's... not counting, you know, not counting the late night video editing and every other time I've got a computer in my face. So I, yeah, about three years ago, I realized I was kind of losing the fight, you know, like I didn't, I didn't want to feel anything in my cardio system just by going up the stairs quick if i wanted to punch up the stairs to go in and grab something i forgot in the washroom i, I didn't want to feel that at all and i could and i i, I was like no this that won't do that was sort of a i was like no let's just work on this and it, it wasn't new year's it was just the middle of the year and i was just like no no we're we're gonna work on this a little bit so yeah it's still still a project but but much better that's a lot yeah i mean being a guy that is like my job puts me outside pretty much for 90 percent of it so i mean I, i'm not a fan of being in front of the computer too much it just i don't know it takes a lot and then you're doing editing on top of that man you got full weeks big weeks 
Yeah. It's yeah. amazing you squeezed in that much time. I mean, I've done it too, where I've like I've squeezed in like these these years where you're like putting in like massive days, massive amounts of hours throughout the year into the hunting season. But you know, I, I feel like I had a lot less obligations then. And the kids were really young, some you know, so, or are not even born. But like you got all this stuff going on and you're still squeezing all this in. Yeah, and I don't think I would be happy if I wasn't, you know, and uh I got a lot of support for sure. My wife's Oh, your wife's gotta be salt. Yeah, you need a rock star wife to be able to Yeah, you, you can't you can't do this if you've got shaky foundations, that's for sure. Um so that's uh yeah, and I just yeah, I just I haven't been editing much through this fall because I'm working um planning hunts I'm hunting, you know, and uh but I've hit it hit the editing pretty hard here over Christmas and that's that's kind of uh let me back up I was pretty pretty burnt out honestly by the end of her there and I, uh, I mean so that's been good I bet you have like it's, there's a hell of it's a... uh I, I mean I don't know if you <laughs> want to share the story it's up to you but uh yeah man it, it's a uh, rough ending a rough ending and uh frankly never worked so hard for for as little of a result as I pulled out of the season. That that's just the brass tacks of it. But yeah, the wiping the truck out at the end of the year, uh just just to sort of put that last dagger in me is uh was uh a little bit tough to take. I thought I thought the truck was gonna end up wintering up in the hill actually, but uh which is I, a shitty feeling. And now I, I I'll tell you the story and um my brother's probably going to hate it, but I think he listens to the show anyway. But so we were younger. We lived up north at the time and him and his buddies there, they, you know, I think it's like early in the morning, six o'clock in the morning, they want to go for a joy ride. So I had a, I had a Jeep Cherokee. So he had a pickup, two cab, like single cab Nissan pickup and all his buddies wouldn't fit in there. So they decided to hop into my mine and take it up the mountain. Well, they got almost to the top and it got stuck. So he shows up at six o'clock. I'm like, Hey man, where's my truck? You know, he's like, oh, like, I can't remember if it ended in fists or not. Like, I don't remember. I'm sure it was close if it didn't. But um, anyway, so it, it stuck up there. They tried all day to get it out. They had another truck. That truck got stuck. They got that truck out. They all got back down. Then it snows. And this is up in, so there used to be a ski hill up where they were. And like this truck, there's pictures of it where it's just like the window and top of it showing in the snow. And you got guys... Oh. With their snowboards taken, taking jumps off right. the hood and all so that I shit. Like, that. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And then uh, that truck was up there till the spring. So I drove his truck. He wasn't too happy about it. He's like, well, what the fuck? I'm like, well, <laughs> what the fuck? What? Yeah. <laughs> leave my shit alone. But we were going to go on that hunt. I think we we're going to leave Thursday. We we're going to go chase some whitetails. We're going Thursday. I was coming Thursday. And then I I was like, okay, well, good luck. I think I talked to you on Thursday. You were leaving. And like I was like, oh, this is gonna be your weekend. I know it's gonna yeah. it's gonna go good for you. It's gonna go oh, down. Yeah. I didn't hear from you all Sunday and I was like, what the fuck? Then I'm kinda like, Well, I'm not like worried, worried that you know you're stuck high and dry because right. you're not that kind of person. But I was like, What the fuck? I mean, like he he must have got one and then like nasty Maybe. pull pack out or something like yeah, that something that's like that. what he's i was tired picturing. or he's driving and he's just missing my text and then next morning at like 
five thirty in the morning or six o'clock in the morning, I get this text. Um, in Kamloops at a hotel, truck got stuck. <laughs> I'll call you later. And I was like, what the fuck? It's oh, no good. It was an epic Paco Pete. I uh because I ended up packing out the most all my camera gear, all the most valuable stuff, uh, just because I, you know, in the dark with the snow ripping down, I thought, you know, she's probably here. You're probably here. So I just loaded up and um yeah, it was uh well, yeah, I did I don't I didn't uh, bother converting it to plumbers, but it was forty three thousand steps that day. So holy shit. And uh yeah, and it was a I got in that hotel at twelve thirty at night actually in Camus, full camo, of course. I'm like, I'm not change I'm not bringing a change of city clothes. I went in and uh I, yeah, so it was uh it was so did you guys get like did you walk all the way to to a hotel or did you like get to no 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 we got got right so sterling's dad the cameraman's dad um came and met us there basically right on the highway so i'm just gonna fill in the blanks here so you guys are out hunting you're leaving late and it's now it's turning to just like just bad weather it's coming down like 10 men yep just nasty and your truck goes off the road. Now, is this like a forestry service road, totally accessible road, or is it like an old, you know, um, just like unmaintenance? Like it's like a, a yeah, like deactivated road, road type like thing. Like a like a two track through the through the grasslands that's been used for years, but it, and, but it, yeah, yeah. And you guys had two trucks up there, yours and your cameraman's. Yours yes. goes off the truck hard. Yes. Or, sorry, not off the truck. The truck goes off the side of the hill hard, stopped by a tree. And then your cameraman, he gets stuck as well. He did. Yeah, he went first because uh, he didn't have chains and I didn't want to slicken it up for him anymore. Oh, so I, yeah. I wanted him to have yeah. as much of that traction, that few inches of snow tacked as traction as possible. So then I creeped out to the edge. Um, we had just basically bullied the camp into the truck in the, you know, ripping snow. I'm like, boy, uh, feeling pretty caught here that, uh, that shouldn't have pushed it. Uh, and then I get out to the edge of the hill and I see him down at the bottom. He's a young guy. And I'm like, oh, good. Look at him. He's, he's made it fine. He's just looking back to check on me to make sure I make it down the hill fine. (laughs) <laughs> rolled forward another 20 feet and uh yeah he he wasn't even on the road he was 30 feet off the road already oh. he just happened to be stopped there idling headlights on in a random part of this old burn so i then took my ride through it uh which was i, I bet you i slid i don't want to exaggerate because i i did at christmas i was like yeah 300 meters but but i think uh it was a good 150 to 200 meters of sideways travel down this hill. So a long up. ways. That's, that's a long trip. <laughs> oh. There's well, a dude, lot of sitting in the passenger seat and like for that long. And it's not like you're probably not going fast. So it's happening like slowly, but you're just like helpless where you're like, fuck, fuck. Like, what am I like? You just like totally helpless. Can't do anything. It is, it, you know, gut wrenching feeling. It's got to end with a crunch for sure. And, 
to be honest, I think at the peak speed, I was probably doing 30 or 40 kilometers an hour sideways, like four wheels completely sideways. And then I'd see a, you know, a fir tree about, you know, that big around, uh, whiz past the headlights. And then, oh, oh there's, there's other, others out there and snow's ripping down. And then, uh, and then I see one in my peripheral, just as the headlights are barely lighting it up you know, a fir tree about that big around and smacks the front fender, which then turned me backwards. I almost, I almost stopped on it. And then it just sort of slid off. Oh man! And I was thinking, Oh, time to jump out, time to jump out. But it, by the time I was finished processing the thought, I sort of slid ass back down the hill and was going, I was like, I better not jump out. I'll probably end up under my front tire here. So yeah. So I hang on again for another ride and then basically, yeah, back up to 30, 40 kilometers an hour and then whacked into a stump into the running board and then crashed into the blowdown with the whole passenger side. And then that was it. Then I was like, oh, oh good. Okay. Now the rest is figure this problem out. But I'm, but I've lived here. I was just thinking like no cliff, no bluff, because there's lots of little bluffs in there and one of those could have ruined my day pretty bad so yeah because then you start rolling and then that's when yeah you, you know you're going to sustain some serious injuries when your truck starts flipping ass over teacup oh yeah i felt her want to rolling. hop a few there's a few dig ins on the side walls of those low passenger side tires where i was like oh boy don't hook into anything sharper than that because i could feel the truck the truck you know i probably had 1500 to 2000 pounds of gear on on the truck right and uh i was like geez don't do not start rolling but uh didn't it's fine it's a nice feeling when the rubber side stays down yeah regardless of shitty situation or not when that rubber stays down then you know things can always get worse but they're not there yet they're not there yeah. yet yeah and it's one I, of those things i think you have to look at we're like yeah that sucked but it could have been a lot fucking worse yeah. Oh yeah, I was happy to be hung up. I I wasn't sort of like I, no one likes smacking up their vehicles or anything, but but I was genuinely more happy just to come to a uh, a halt into a blowdown than yeah. I mean, you're worrying about anything out of there. else. That's the main thing. You're not getting. You're not. You don't have to hit that SOS to get medevaced out there or something. It's, yeah, and the the last thing I'll say about the story because I thought it was sort of. Um, a little bit of insult to injury and, and and kind of entertaining to my sick mind is uh you know we're hiking out and uh you know we're we're halfway we've got 12k or so to get out and we're we're about halfway and uh the headlamps just see a few eyes i thought oh must be a group of deer through here it's, you know this is heavy into the winter range and then sterling goes no i seen a fluffy tail I was like, I was like, oh, wolves, wolves, wolves. So I, I, uh, you know, we, of course we've got guns and stuff, but the um, Sterling goes for um, the the I'm lost whistles. You know those like, I'm oh, lost, yeah, those yeah. high pitch whistles. Yeah, like He's, what referees have. Oh yeah, it's similar. Only his is one of those tubular brass ones. Anyway, but oh, same okay. idea. That makes the high pitch. Hey, I'm lost. I was hiking and please come find me. Um, oh, he hits that thing. And before I could even react, he hits it again. And 
at least three of those wolves. The pack was probably 20 to 30 wolves, so good size pack. At least three broke off right away, and I just reached my hand over and sort of hit him in the chest. It stopped blowing that. They think that's a fawn. They these guys are in here punishing deer right now. You sound like a baby fawn. Yeah. They're confused, but three of them broke off. Came within 15 yards. I, I was basically roaring as we're as I'm getting ready to defend the the castle there, and uh, that turned them around right away and snapped them out of it. But they they actually thought as soon as he blew that, they just triggered. Yeah, and they're coming in. Then they're. I'm I'm just gonna throw this out there as a positive for that story right there. You may have just got yourself a new predator call too. Yeah, a predator tried, call tried, and tried. and a good spot. <laughs> tried, and, true, and tested. And a good spot. Yeah, no, it that's legitimately what happened there. They were they were 70, 80 yards away, sort of moving away. You know, they could see our headlamps and probably, but as soon as he hit that, boy, three of them broke right away. You could see them just coming straight at us 15 yards away. So that's I wonder close. how long they were tailing you before you caught you caught sight of them it seemed like we crossed them uh so it, it wasn't like they were on us but i think they they were circling the wagon sort of because we sort of walked into them they were kind of circling to see what we were and then they probably seen the two headlamps bobbing yeah, away there and it didn't this. look right to them yeah. but it didn't matter instinct took over as soon as he popped that that little uh high pitch oh boy what was he thinking was he was he getting nervous when he seen the wolves was he thinking well that yeah he, he thought him? that that they wouldn't like that like it's like almost a dog whistle or like almost like a like they wouldn't like this but as soon as he blew it I knew right away that that was that just sound. I didn't expect them to charge in like they did. Honestly, I just knew it sounded like a fawn, like a really panicked fawn. So I was like, going to hit him. He was already through his second blow on the thing, and I'm like, don't. And uh, and then he's like, okay, yeah. And then you know they they exit stage left, and then. <laughs> If you're gonna do that, get that damn camera rolling now. Yeah, we yeah, got some, we got some yeah. footage coming. In. Yeah, go. I, uh, I'm gonna film these things chewing on your leg. <laughs> I really, yeah, I really wish I would have been able to capture that in some way, but that was uh, by that time the filming, the filmer and me had has gone to bed and been been yeah. sulking for a while. There, I was, uh, yeah, head down moment. Well, man, and then you you. You ended up. You took the bus home, which is amazing. I didn't even know there was still. Yeah, I didn't even know there was a bus Canada. either. So you took the bus home, regrouped, headed back up there. Some winches, come along, pulleys, some elbow grease, and you got her out. And Days some, fortunately, work, yeah. some warmer weather. Yeah, I didn't realize uh, how expensive gas-powered winches are, but now I'm the proud owner of a really nice one. So. But uh, but yeah, that's. Uh, yeah. I thought you were gonna say. I thought I thought you were gonna say. So if anyone wants to buy a, a gas winch, just DM. Right. Me. Yeah. That's. A, <laughs> so if anyone wants a, an okay deal on a on a pretty much brand new uh, Honda gas powered winch. Used uh, once. Used once. Yeah. Yeah. Used once. Used hard once. Conf confirmed yeah. it works really well. Yeah, it works. Uh, it actually was a pain in the ass, really. So I, but that won't help sell it. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, we used every tool in the toolbox. We, we even salted the two track there. I think I had 380 pounds of salt quad wow. with, uh, 
quad chained up all around and uh and then just basically spent i don't know probably took us seven working hours uh where we were just working on the trip eight hours to get them out wow and you got it out you yeah sent me the picture like i when you told me you got it out i like i wasn't expecting that much damage when you sent me those pictures yeah it's uh you were expecting less damage i was expecting less damage i i think i was expecting more like like yeah you were there though was, and you knew the severity of it yeah i like i i you know sure i it's definitely crunched up the front uh lens is gone the front bumpers mocked up uh, so yeah it got a good smear so if anybody wants a good deal on a, a, a good deal on a tundra yeah, <laughs> yeah. The... comes with a winch yes it comes with a winch <laughs> and it's proven as well it's uh it's proven yeah. it's they're a tandem now they got to stay together so yeah they buy the truck you, you you're gonna want the winch yeah maybe that'll uh yeah no that's funny well it's good you've you guys got her out. Sterling got his truck out too, and um, it's more concerning. Yeah, and than just, his. yeah, and then just regroup. That's it's for sure. Because when you drag, like, not that you drug him into it, but you know, when you're like, you feel like you're responsible for that person and that person's equipment. Um, yeah, it, it definitely weighs on you too. You definitely want to make sure that their stuff and that them are okay. You know, you kind of put them ahead of your own yourself. Well, yeah, I mean, he's a young guy. I mean, that part of our arrangement is, you know, he learns about hunting and uh, and he helps me film. Um, So I've taught him what not to do uh, in the late season. (laughs) I I did say, hey, let's leave your pickup down low here uh, in my defense. But still, the forecast was good. Conditions were dry. And he's like, nah, let's let's take up. And I was like, yeah, what? I'm sure it's fine. If we get any threat of snow, we'll be we'll be off so you know we'll we'll pull the trucks down well that didn't quite work we got hunter brain and then took it right into the i always feel like it's best to leave one vehicle like and to take the least amount of vehicles possible but i've also been in situations where you get stuck and it's like the less vehicles that are stuck the better yeah i i mean if there's if there's no threat of like bad terrain and and you know whether it's bad rainstorms out in the silty uh you know chocolate area there where you just slip off the road in the middle of summer um if there's if there's no real threat then two is good because then someone's battery dies you got a jumper that's close you don't have to hike for your jumper but in situation like this it's a no-brainer that uh that we should have just been smarter and parked the one vehicle down low and uh and, could, uh, and the thing is it's kind of sacrilegious bringing your camp high bring your camp high in late season is not what we usually do but it's been so dry and i had such an intense hunt plan um that i just wanted every advantage of not not having to do the 45 minute hike every morning when i already wanted to be at the glassing knob walking yeah. in the dark at the yeah. glassing knob and um you know it 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 was more strategic than lazy um because there's i couldn't worked harder at whatever i've done this year but it's no, the uh, deer, in my opinion the mule deer uh, definitely kicked your butt this year oh it's it's the love of my life and it kicked my ass man yeah it's and i feel like ass. mule deer do that though like i've had my ass handed to i've had it served to me on a plate 
chasing fucking meal there. Like I could have I could have shot a, a couple other four points earlier on, and it was tough, tough pickings. I wasn't seeing a lot of deer. Um, but I just I just couldn't do it. I couldn't get on the trigger yeah. for well, it. And, and, and that's the thing is when you're trying to capture it on film, and also too, when you set the sort of expectation in your mind of what class of mule deer you want to get. And the thing about mule deer and just like I'm 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 not gonna say elk because I feel like elk are a little different, especially hunting elk in BC, where like you can be a little bit more if you're if you're gonna target, you want to target a mature buck. I mean you, eventually you will get one. You just have to grind it out. And you, you know, you might get burned that season, but you can't be, you have to be willing to eat your tag in order to punch, you know, to get a great buck. Cause you're never going to yeah. get a great buck if you're always just settling for the good ones. With elk, it's a little different because it's like, if you want to consistently punch that tag, we have a six point rule here. And like, I've seen a lot of big fives that I would love to take massive fives. I would take those over most six points, but we just have a six point antler restriction here. So, but you don't get the opportunity like if you pass on a six point bull that might be the only six foot foot six point bull around in that area it might be around the mm-hmm. herd right so you just never know where mule deer are a little different so but yeah like if you're if you're looking for you know always to be increasingly you know if you get a 160 buck and the next year like okay i'm not going to settle for anything less than a 160 you're never going to get to 170 180 if you just shoot a 150 buck yeah yeah yeah, that's what so, Je- my buddy Jesse had that going through my head now for the last few years that I that as I've slowly sort of changed perspective to just have some personal goals. It's not not break any records or anything, but it's just sort of what it takes to step it up yeah. and to look for more mature animals, you know. Do you feel when you're filming these like you're filming trying to capture some film that it puts more pressure on you to shoot a bigger buck or bigger elk or bigger bear a bigger class animal i think uh i think it it had been and i think i went through this season and i'm changing the perspective a little bit i think i'm looking for mature animals that uh, it may like it's a 150 i'm going to shoot it even though that wouldn't be my personal best if i have good lighting cameras roll that it is it is more important to me to tell the story about mule deer hunting and in order to tell it as loudly as you can you need a harvest and the harvest doesn't have to be a that 195 to uh tell a good story and i realize if i hold out for 195s i'm gonna tell the story once in my life if i'm lucky yeah and, and i'm i want to tell the story and sort of keep a running story going on mule deer in bc every year yeah mule so, deer is something that, that's like hard I, that's hard yeah for me it's you know i'd love to get like a big three point in velvet or a mature buck but I'm, i've never shot like i've shot three points but never a really big three and i don't they don't look as good to me like they're not as appealing or as attractive to me like these big threes unless they're in velvet for some reason right and i've never been able to get one in velvet a, a mule deer in velvet so um it's tough it is it's tough it's tough, tough because they're they never it's it's when they if you're targeting a buck he might you know he might have velvet up to two days or a day before the opening of archery right for archery mule deer which is september 1st 
And so, like, if you've been watching this buck, and I've done before, we're watching this buck, and, like, you're getting excited, like, oh, two days, two days. And all of a sudden, you see him the one day before opening, it's like, all his velvet's gone. You're like, what the like fuck, that. man? He couldn't hold off for, like, a couple more days? <laughs> he just knew uh, you so, were coming. He's like, I got to get this shit off me. I don't even <laughs> want it off. I get but... this off now. Yeah, Latoy, we've heard about him. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, so, a, I'm a dead yeah. man if you let him out here with <laughs> this stuff on. <laughs> I heard so, him. Yeah. I, I, and, but then I've seen some, you know, you get some deer that just, they keep that, they keep their hair on until, you know, like the fifth, sixth or longer, depending on, you know, mm-hmm. the weather. I, I don't really know if weather has much to do with it. I think, I don't know. I, I'd have to look into that. I don't know. Cause some, some years, you know, and it seems like the bigger bucks, they obviously, they rake that shit off. It probably starts bugging them earlier. Uh, they want to, you know, they want to get to hard horn. Um, I've noticed yeah, that too really with tough. the bull elk too that I always have in in one of my areas that I'm in that I have a few cameras set up is if there's any bigger ones there they're always hard horned before the four points the three points right. the twos yeah. always yeah I, and like elk are early like I I have it's not very often you see them you know once you're getting close to the opening yeah that they're not hard horned so um, but yeah anyway mule deer I mean mule deer is uh, I feel like mule deer they're just you know, it's a, it's a lifelong journey with mule deer. It's, you know, I put a lot of time into mule deer, just chasing strictly mule deer and you kind of got to sacrifice hunting everything else. But, uh, lately, you know, the last couple of years, I've just been, you know, on the elk bandwagon. So, um, but you know, mule deer are definitely still my favorite. Yeah. I got bit pretty hard by the elk bug this year. That was the, the most sort of focused elk hunt I'd ever done. And, uh, we've been you know moose hunters and uh deer uh-huh. hunters forever and but this year you know calling in multiple bulls just not again not able to to get it done um some of it my own fault some of it circumstantial um yeah it's just uh, yeah but, but i hunting. got that getting pounded yeah. in the chest with those bugles back is pretty fun yeah. oh yeah once when you first once you first start getting into elk and interacting with elk and you start communicating back and forth and you're getting, you know, you, you get the, you get the vocalization from the bulls bugling at you. It's, it's hard to beat. Yeah, yeah it is. So what do you got planned for, uh, for the new year here? Hunt wise, what's, what's first on the, on the list for you this year? Pete, well, why don't you hang that mule deer or that white tail you got just the tip poking up? Why don't you hang that behind you on that wall? Are you not allowed to hang anything on the wall yet? Oh, no, all this stuff, it's still not bleached. Fuck, dude, it's been sitting here. See, my bear skull's right beside it, too. What's going up on my wall over where I'm putting all this stuff? It would look good right there. Hey, Ashley, right behind yeah. him there? This isn't where I'm going to be, though. I'm going to be over there. <laughs> yeah, go, go to, to, oh, go to where the mounts are. This, go to, this go a, where the mounts go. Yeah, this is no, temporary. I've, yeah, this is all just where it has been. I've got, like half my basement is all jammed into this half of the yeah i had to move a bunch of shit just to be able to put my computer down and sit in front here it's a disaster down here right now no i've got actually i've got two more skull hookers on order to hang a couple things and my white tail from the other years up in the kids room so that's coming down and you should hang your wife's big you should hang your wife's moose no it's fine where it is stay the fuck out of my look at that thing every goddamn day i can Uh, see the nose of it from down here actually looking up just so Uh, i just so um, we could be like oh yeah yeah all the new guests i I would mention like you see 
<laughs> Pete's wife's moose that she killed right behind yeah. him. Yeah, hit, yeah. 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 yeah, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> next yeah. next time you get the draw. Yeah, yeah. who knows? Maybe I'll get lucky again. I wonder what it's going to be like for LEHs this year. I hear it's going to be some serious, like some significant changes in... Like, I would be really shocked if the regs for B- BC get changed with any substantial like aha like like a big shift where it's like mule deer is going to archery only september no rifle hunting in for mule deer in september or like no get rid of that any buck season or something like that do you know what i mean like it it might get shrunk a little bit shortened down but i don't know i just feel like in bc they have a hard time committing to make the hard moves it's tough do you guys still have any buck in any of the other regions because i know we got out of it. Region eight has any buck eight yeah. one okay. to eight eleven for it's all October. Yeah, or oh, something. All like right, that. I don't know. Yeah, there's quite a bit of any buck season um, and early season. Early season archery is any buck as well in region eight, and then up as you get into region three, they have an any buck season. Um, and your region, well, what do you have in your region for? Well. We have, it's four point for most of the season. It yeah. is any buck in archery season, the first nine days, but. I don't feel I'm, like that. I'm hunting, I don't know if that any, that four point restriction though, it's doing like, there's a lot of three points that get shot, especially with mule deer, because when you're looking at a mule deer and it's a, it's a three, a lot of those things, if they're looking right at you, they look really big. Yeah. Yeah. And the, if you uh, get some guys who are, you know, a little less experienced, they shoot first and count later. I mean, it, it happens. It's unfortunate. It does happen, though. Well, it, big, tall threes. Uh, oh, they, they do look impressive. Uh, and, and, you know, them put him walking away on the skyline. And he he's a four-point all day long to a lot of people that are yeah. desperate to pull the trigger. But you well, just... Well, and in people's defense, profile, too. Right? Yeah, and in, in defense, too, of like, like, I'm not just saying, you know, picking on anyone or like i you know it's it's tough like don't get me wrong like especially if you get into some of these treed areas you know they're moving their head around and branches and stuff it's hard i mean then they those animals do like mule deer that's what make mule deer so alluring is like they just have these great beautiful racks yeah yeah we used to have any buck season here just before fuck i can't remember when i started hunting if i was 34 35 or something like that but it was like just the year or two before that is when they took it out and went back to fourth point. And I mean, there's lots of reasons, tons of reasons why the populations plummeted around here. But, you know, when everybody has a chance at a buck, it does take some out of the system, so to speak. You know what I mean? When, because we had so many around here. Um, but there was lots of other stuff. There's lots, a couple hard winters in a row too that really hurt the recruitment of fawns and stuff like that. I think it was just a, it was just an unfortunate bad recipe there just before they went back to four point to just some of the winters predators um any buck it was yeah just unfortunate is what it was it'd be cool to like i started collecting a couple years ago a couple cycles ago synopsis cycles ago i started collecting the regs i wish i would have had them back all the way so you could kind of look over time historically how the regs have changed i've tried to find that information online but i haven't so but it, I feel like two years is too long. I feel like it's a lazy way for them to manage or wild, like to, to manage what we're allowed for harvest. Where you like, you know, in the, in the States and like, I, I realize the States have a lot more money, but even in other provinces, it's a lot different. It's like year to year. Yeah. I feel like it's, we need more of that. 
where it's it not should just be, like, but they would have to dump so much money into it to kind of but they they don't power. dump any money into it that's the I know. that's the whole point is like there's more money coming in than there is going out yeah where it should be the opposite i mean this is a this is a, a resource that's irreplaceable wildlife is a, a resource that's completely irreplaceable once it's gone we can't get it back yeah well, it's... i mean like you could do transfers and all that stuff but you know what i'm saying like once it's gone it's it's not going to be the same well coming from you know some of the areas that i am with like the rod and gun club and different organizations the government always in quotations puts out information like we'd love to hear your club or your organization's feedback on these regulations, these things are potentially being proposed or whatnot, or what do you think needs to be proposed for future rate for the next set of regulations? And they give you like a month, month and a half. And it's like, how can you possibly expect well, the, yeah, a I good know. return for these clubs, clubs and organizations to get the information out to all their members or, you know, people, and then get a good, get all that good info back from everybody and then have time to present it back to you. Like it's a joke. Yeah. Well, they need to work. They need to have clubs and organizations working with biologists and stuff too. Because I mean, like, let's be honest, as hunters, we're kind of biased. Yeah. Right. Like, is everybody really willing, if it came down to it, to say, you know, we need to just stop hunting mule deer altogether because too many of them get killed on the roads? Yeah. I think it'd be interesting too to talk to biologists who wouldn't get in trouble for one from their bosses or whatever, whether the government actually listens to them. They know their shit, right? They've gone to school for this. They do their studying, but you can come up with all the answers you want, hand it to your boss. And if your boss is. Well, I think there's just too many, there's too many, too many people involved in one specific. Yeah. I can see what you're saying there for sure. Yeah. Where there's like, it, they shouldn't be all kind of molted together into one organization like Flynn Row. It should be where it's just wildlife. Yep. And that's it. Where it's just wildlife only. It has nothing to do with land, forestry, any of that stuff. It's just wildlife, specifically wildlife. What's best for the wildlife? All you know, not what's best for logging. What's best for logging industry? What's best for forestry? Right. And I think having people in those positions, irregardless, which departments they're in that actually have a background in it i'm sorry but just having joe blow getting into there because they're filling well, and, yeah. somebody else doesn't help i, I mean look at the look at the what's her katrina conroy she was the director of flinro and now she's doing something else she's finance minister or something like yeah. that and completely like that she shouldn't be in that position where she's managing her wildlife when she's just an elected official yeah like there should be an actual position for somebody who has invested interest, invested their time, invested, you know, put their blood, sweat, and tears into wildlife and learning about wildlife and the impact of like what forestry does on wildlife, on the landscape and all that stuff, right? Not just somebody who's elected to be in that position. And then, you know, in four years, they might be doing something else. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you need I, somebody who wants to fight for it. And it has to be science-based. Like I, I completely believe in science-based approach. And I, I, I think we have on the veil, what we call a science-based approach, but we have a political approach that that's overpowering the science basis beyond behind the decisions we make. And, uh, you know, I think whether it means losing certain opportunities or not, I'm fine with that. Uh, you know, I think if we manage it close closer now, 
it it's not no mule deer hunting at all but i think if we continue to manage mule deer specifically the way we are right now it potentially becomes that um yeah so i i just think you know i i don't know how yet uh, uh but i'm you know i'm getting tired of waiting for other people to do it so yeah it's frustrating when you're working I, on I, this I level when, when you see when you see what's happening and what's not happening and like the length of time because like in the amount of time that when i started this podcast to, to now it's like it's been talked about a lot but nothing's been done yeah lots like we've covered lots of issue and there's guys you know look at what stuff mark hall does and all this stuff and it's like it's just not it seems like it's just not getting done so i mean and there's other groups and organizations that are involved but it just seems like still nothing's getting done so i don't know if it's just filling you know i don't know what it is but something definitely needs to change you're right it, it definitely needs it definitely we definitely need a, a drastic change and i think the only way to get people really involved and to really spark any significant change that's going to help the, the wildlife we it's going to have it's going to be something that nobody wants and nobody would like to see or or yeah. just yeah we just don't want it but uh what did you guys think of that uh sydney island deer call what were your thoughts on that i think there's much better ways to have a, a much there's just better approaches uh you know contracting it out to a firm from another country uh you know i i think there it, it just could be organized better by with partnerships with the groups of people that have vested interest in bc resident hunters not not just a contract for the government to go and semi-selectively harvest um yeah I, i'm it's I a lot of money they're dumping into that thing oh, anyway man. well that's what i mean it's a, a lot of money and i i think there's um they did the same thing in 2017 2018 somebody sent me an article about um a similar call that happened in 2017 and 2018 i want to say um on heidi Gwai with the deer there right but yeah it's a lot of money they're dumping into and yeah i mean there definitely probably is ways other ways that they could approach it um i mean you know like mark hall he said it you know he said that it's not fair chase it's not about fair chase yeah we get that but i just yeah. feel like it is a resource that is owned, like this that's it's a resource owned by the province and the taxpayers of the province not necessarily right like to me all animals should be accessible to all bc resident hunters if if that species that herd can sustain hunting like obviously if there's right. something you know like that with that's within or that's you know vulnerable we don't want to be hunting them right whether it's sheep caribou you know yeah uh, moose whatever it is mule deer you know obviously there has to be an adequate amount of animals for us to be able to harvest but i feel like if it's there it should be available for resident hunters to access and like mm -hmm. they could have sold they could have made money they could have sold tags for it don't oh, give yeah. it up for free sell well, tags well, that's what i mean and put I, that I, money I, back into wildlife management somewhere don't just throw it into a pot spend it whatever you want a bonuses yeah. you know whatever. even it, even if they would have done the exact same thing which i'm not saying i'm i'm for that but hire a canadian company yeah there's food for thought. well they why would yeah. you outsource something like that so what was the deal countries? with the weapons that were used were they using weapons that were were part of the ban that trudeau some, did 
sounded like AR-15s with extended clips. So that's probably why they couldn't hire Canadians because Canadians aren't allowed. It's fine if somebody else uses them, just not Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think they no, missed I don't know. that in their paperwork. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, anyway, moving on. Getting away from 2023, I don't know. A lot of stories, a lot of highlights. It's a good year, fun year. I mean, I didn't get a bear, unfortunely. Oh, a couple months. A couple months. Couple kind of bummed out with that. But yeah, I mean, with this weather that we're getting, Christ, we might, who knows, they might be up running around April 1st. Yeah. Yeah, there could be a very uh, untypical start there of that very slow start. They might be uh, out munching. Yeah. The, yeah. the snow line's still not where it's ever been in you know, the 30 years I've been here. In no, and like even driving up to the local ski here, we're, we're doing some work up there. And like you get up almost to the summit, you're like, man, there's very little snow here. We're under the trees. You know, there is snow on the ground, but it's not very thick. Like there's patches that hit that where there's, it gets the sunny areas that it's melting throughout the day, which is crazy. Like normally you go up there and there's five, six feet of snow. So you got, Kevin, I know year for turkey bear in spring ashley thinking about turkey bear for sure uh i uh turkey bear but before that i'm i'm gonna put my money where my mouth is i'm gonna go chase some predators pretty hard here for uh for january and february so i've been talking to a couple different uh guys from few different corners of the province actually so i'm gonna lay some rubber down on the road and go go make an impact where uh where are the, you waiting for your truck impact. to get fixed or are you just buying a new one selling that one with the winch i am get, i'm get, I'm getting rid of the tundra i've got it um drivable the mechanical stuff she's straightened up from the front end and that the cosmetics uh we'll get that dealt with in the new year here but to me i'm I'm on such a rat race. It feels like that. I, I just have to keep ripping and tearing, right? It's not going to hurt me that no. to have a front passenger fender punched out. I'm probably going to change the lens out on the passenger light, uh, just so that doesn't blow out on me. But, uh, and, and then it'll, it'll probably take me a while to just get it booked in to get it fixed. So yeah. 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 We'll see. Well, that should be an exciting winter. Then I'm going to assume some cats. Yeah, I'm, cat I'm trying to. That was a conversation I was in yesterday. I've been out uh, with uh, with a friend a couple years ago. Cat hunting's like it's it's I I enjoy the um, you know once once we release the hounds, lots of fun. You know, it's hard. You're sweating your ass off. You're in waist deep snow. It's a lot harder than people think. People don't give that enough credit. When you're even like just the amount of work houndsmen put in. I had a friend, he was getting into it. He bought a couple dogs and we never done it before. So we went into it um just like like fresh, green, green as you can get. And right. he knew nothing about dogs, didn't even own a dog. So he buys these two dogs. He bought a blue nose or a red nose and a blue tick. What are they? a red bone? Red bone and blue yeah. tick. Yeah. So he bought one of each. So got the gps collars and stuff he's like hey you want to go out chase some cats you can shoot one I, i'm just training my dogs and so we go first day we lose the dogs <laughs> and i'm like are you fucking kidding me these dogs aren't coming back and it's dark i'm like he and, he, and we had to leave him and I, I remember like laying there in bed and i was like fuck i felt so like 
yeah i'm like fuck we had to leave these fucking dogs i'm like wonder what they're doing and like we went out the next morning early we found them right away they were just bedded down and didn't move so he'd actually lost the gps collar because gps went dead and we just went to the last signal and they were just sure enough they're just sitting there yeah that's uh yeah but yeah it's a lot of work it's a lot of physical work it's like it's crazy oh these you know the houndsmen are not an easy hunt super dedicated not easy at all yeah people have this picture in their head where it's just sort of like i let the dogs out of the truck and there's a cat in a tree and you walk you stroll in and no well that's because i feel like back into where you like into your position where they're filming these and like making accessible for people to see that's what they're showing yeah and like if you look at all those hunts that's exactly what they're showing so for somebody watching it obviously they're going to get that they're that, not sitting there and showing the four four hours of like sitting there sweating, dreading, climbing up down rocks over fall down that's in four yeah, feet of snow, that's... getting down through cliffs, up through it. It's like I mean it's hard to capture that, I guess, because you can't just show four hours of four hours of that because after 15 minutes, somebody's gonna be like, Well, fuck this, I ain't watching this. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I got lots of hiking videos, I know, but that, <laughs> it is pretty good, pretty good conditions for some uh some cool uh uh, you know, you know that is a good part. The the part that really blew me away, um, where I was in the the club of not really understanding the, all the mo- moving parts to get this to happen is, is the amount of ground you have to cover before the dogs get cut loose. And as a hunter riding through premium winter range, like my, I, it is hard for me not to want a glass and not to do anything except drive and cut tracks. Let's cut tracks. Got to cut tracks. Got fresh snow that morning. It is all about, you know, putting in the kilometers to cut the track. Yeah. And, and it's, I, I, which got pretty mind numbing, pretty difficult to me, uh, uh, for me personally. Um, but as soon as you cut the track, it's my, you know, once they, they, you're getting tree alarms on their GPS collars, then I'm just super happy, even though it is really shitty, the three kilometers through waist deep snow that you got to go down into the Canyon over blow down under, you know, through the cliffs, these, these dogs are crazy where they go after these cats. So, yeah, it's amazing. Those new GPSs they have, imagine doing it before they had all this equipment. Like they just, they obviously they did it, but before they had all these GPS collars and like, they can tell if dogs are treated, but sometimes if a dog's running up, it'll sound off like it's climbing a tree. And we've had that happen too. But that, that what gets me is like, yes, if it's fresh snow, finding a fresh track is like a lot easier. Still not, still not like a given no because they have to catch up with a cat yeah first of all and like that cat could be long gone or it could be in an area where it's just like those cats can get into areas where those dogs can't so uh and they're they're sure enough they'll be able to follow the track but if the track is in this goes into a place where they can't go like up cliffs and up these really steep rock faces those dogs can't go there and they're not going to be able to just you know circle around and find it again they're just going to keep digging at that claw that track mark but what got me is like understanding how fresh tracks are like we've we were going driving on sleds and being like oh there's a track oh no to me it looked like it was good no it's no good we don't want we don't we don't want to track that one keep going oh how about this one Eh, no still not good and it's like just like all that knowledge you have of like 
what tracks are good what tracks are not yeah. good size of the cat the gate um, yeah like yeah. like they they know Imagine just by gate. looking at the gate and the size of the pads you know they can they're even saying oh that's probably an older female you know uh, yeah yeah exactly have that length of gate with that size of paw or that size of, of pad yeah you know and even they, though like even though they can tell you know the size of it just by the tail marks in the ground and stuff like in the snow and stuff like that so it's pretty impressive uh and even like we if, like we're in the region i'm in there's a lot of cats so it's easier to find bobcats um not so much lynx like i did i did see a lynx last year moose hunting i took a shot and missed um but bobcats are super easy like bobcats there's so many bobcats in this one area where i hunt you can actually see them like you, you you're cruising along and you'll be if you know you find tracks you find some rabbits some cliff cliffed out areas man you'll find you can actually sit there for long enough and you'll see one right they're just up in the trees so if you're seeing those things there's got to be a lot of them but yeah the same with cougars there's is a real high population of cougars but there's very little predator hunting in an area like besides myself i don't know of anyone who's doing it there's no trappers around which you know trappers put a huge dent in the predator population yeah um, but you know i've i've come across cats and i've tracked cats through the snow actually last year i found those two on that um calf story and i've already told the story but you know um when you're seeing when you're actually seeing cats there's got to be a lot of them because normally you don't see those things if you're in an area where there's not a real high dense population of cats you don't see them yeah that's... but but yeah like those you know the houndsmen the dogs it's definitely not an easy hunt by no means it's physically demanding a lot more physically challenging than people think yeah definitely what about you pete tell us a story wrap up 2023 with a bang Fuck wife's still making fun of me for not getting my moose well i mean you had a good year you got a bear <laughs> yeah yeah no it was it started off good got my bear skulls just about bleached you want you got second at second the at nationals, Canadian nationals which is a big Hopefully. deal we'll see uh we'll see if i'm going to be able to make that trip out to fredericton this this summer i got to see how things line up um yeah. pushed hard lots of opportunities great uh some got great a nice memories this fall Beautiful so tail. I almost felt bad sending you that text on Wednesday when I when I got that white tail. Almost, but it still came. Through I was talking to Ashley because I sent <laughs> Ashley a text. I sent him a text at ten o'clock. Said I'm going for white tail. I'm. I'm. He had shit going on. We we're gonna go Thursday. I said screw it. Yeah. I I'm, I'm gonna go out right now. There's good weather. I'm gonna go out. And and then we, I've already told the story about the camera, and I told Ashley a long time, and like I actually felt bad when i was sending him a text <laughs> that i got the white tail and i didn't get it on camera oh like i had oh, it on man. camera i had it set up with so money and i've already told the story a couple episodes ago so i'm not going to retell it but man i'm just like it was there it was there it was yeah. so like it was just like so perfect it was like the perfect thing that never happened yeah that's uh i i got some of that yeah, I got some of that for sure. It's um, yeah, it's like everything. It it takes muscle memory and practice and repetition of of your camera. To well, and you have really to do those things like, once. It's like anything. You have to do it once to know to like for to never do it sink, again. Sink it into your heart. Yeah, there's a yeah. couple. couple and of like now, I'm gonna push it. Like now, I know you push it to activate it. But now I turned it off completely, so it'll just run till the battery's dead. Yeah, but now i know like hey give it a couple seconds make sure that light's flashing and then proceed where it was like i seen the light flash once 
And then I just went into my usual thing. What's the deer doing? Draw back, shoot. Yeah. And then I shot it. And like I said before, I was like, oh yeah. And then I go to the camera and I'm like, there's no red light blinking. I'm like, fuck. Stand <laughs> back up, Buck. Stand back up. Don't be a, like, don't be dead. Don't be too, don't be dead yet. That don't be too dead. Need a follow-up. Need a follow-up <laughs> yeah, follow yeah. shot. <laughs> Unfortunately, that thing. Puffing up like Pete's Buck. It took three shots. You only took <laughs> <Yeah>. one. <laughs> Unfortunately, that Grim Reaper, it cut that thing open. Like the blood splatter from that thing. And I showed the video on Instagram was like, yeah, man, that. it was like the blood splatter was probably like five feet from where his feet were yeah like just this Crazy. first like the arrow hit him went through him probably went another 30 40 yards and you could tell where he like exhaled as he jumped because there was just like this spray right of awesome. blood and then after that it looked like you know somebody was dragging a you know half a deer through there and it was just like there was major blood but that's the way she goes i guess learn from learn from your mistakes and uh and yeah, it's funny because I've never had, and successes. I was a good buck too. I've never had, I've never killed an animal and actually be disappointed. Right. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I've never been, like, I've had ground shrinkage where you walk up to, like, especially with Barry, like, oh man, I look bigger than it, than it did. But you're not disappointed. Right. Yeah. But there, I was actually legitimately disappointed where it was like, fuck. Not in the bucket. Can I get a mulligan on process. this one? Yeah. Yeah. Can I get a mulligan? Yeah, for sure. For the, oh. the camera. It's, it, oh. it was, um, you know, I hated you having to get gut punched like that. But I just could relate so much that it's sort of like, uh, because I don't really know other people filming hunts or trying it or whatever. Personally, I, I don't, uh, don't have conversations with them. It, it it was a little refreshing that uh, just to get hit with that that nasty pain of everything going right except capturing it on film. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it was reminiscent of my mule deer from last year. You know, it's great deer would have been a perfect filming opportunity. Made a decision, compounded. I'm all of a sudden a kilometer and a half away from my camera gear and killing a buck. So yeah. I loved. I loved that. I got that buck. That buck is um well, is just amazing, happy. But the whole way back, said walk back this cliff complex to get to my gear, I was just sort of like sour. I was just sour at all the work to try and capture something on film just to make a couple quick decisions and then not have not have it on film, you know? Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely a new experience for me. Yeah, um, but yeah, gonna, I mean, are you going to try to capture anything like that next year, Kevin? Maybe why? Yeah, first, I, I'm going to play mess around somewhere. with the camera a little more. Unfortunately, I feel though, at like I don't feel I know what's going to happen. Like there's, like when I first switched over to just bow hunting, like when I was rifle hunting, I was really successful. I was doing pretty good, punching a lot of tags, and then I started bow hunting only. And then it went from like six, seven tags a year to like one tag a year. And then slowly my evolution of bow hunting and knowledge through like the podcast and talking to other people and just perseverance, it's gotten back up to where it's like five or six tags a year. I know that once you add a camera into the mix, it's going to reset back to where it's like you're going to miss opportunities. You might not 
get the quality animals you do because i've noticed that substantially like i've shot way bigger animals aside from my elk i shot i've shot way bigger animals with a rifle than i have with a bow yeah. way bigger especially when it comes about, to mule deer what about more like setups where you're in a blind where you're not well, i feel like that around. when you're in a blind or in a tree stand it's a lot easier to do than what like ashley's doing where he's actually like oh absolutely capturing the hunt filming it where like he's trying to encapsulate every other thing that goes in a hunt when you're blind it's pretty easy like when i got into the blind you just set the camera up and it's kind of like you just have it set up and like i had it the perfect set I, so i i checked the video footage and like i did a pre thing scrolled it and i'll send it to you ashley and it's like it's just so money there's a little hole in the, like <laughs> a little pocket in the tent and it's like zoomed right in would have been the perfect thing this perfect video but unfortunately dummy i pushed the button too many times but yeah like situations like that i feel they're a lot easier because it's basically the camera set up you know what would be great if you had a remote so you didn't have to reach over the camera push the yeah. button like if it just had a remote control where you could sit there and like because i had the the i had the camera where i wanted it to be showing and then i flipped the screen around so i could see the screen but the buttons and everything are on the other side so I have to reach over top of it. Should be film. a couple of ways around that. That if your camera's got Bluetooth, you can buy a, a third. Yeah, party. it does have Bluetooth. Yeah. Okay. Then you can you can get a little Bluetooth remote. I'm pretty. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and see, like that would have been perfect because then I could have just pushed it, and then I mean I I might have done the same thing, but I mean think moving forward, it would definitely be easier in a situation like that because like when you're in a blind, they still hear you, right? It's not a soundproof blind they still hear you they hear you you know if you're too loud picking up your bow if you're if your release isn't knocked on your d loop already if you're if everything's not set up which mine is set up it's sitting on my my toe and i'm holding it with my one hand right and if they do like when they hear your cycle most of the time i mean if they're walking if you can muffle out that sound with some sound they're making you know if they're chewing or if they're walking through the snow you can kind of muffle it out but in this situation that deer heard my draw cycle but it can't see me so it's not overly frightened yet right because there's a lot of sounds going on in the bush mm -hmm. and then it heard the of the arrow release right and then it tried to pounce right but the arrow hit it went through it blood but i feel like filming in those situations is definitely a lot easier i don't mind doing that to do what like to try to film to try to do a self-film bow hunt on an elk i think would be extremely challenging because it just happens so fast and you have to move so much like and you have it has to be set up on a tripod i don't know how you do it yeah I, so it, like this year when i killed that elk i was going through got the cows to chirp got the cows to make sound followed the cows got in tight to the sound and it just so happens another herd bull or not the herd bull the uh, satellite bull that was a six by six and the herd bull was a five by five the six by six cut me off and he, but he got hung up and I had to run back a little ways, make another bugle and then run back to where I was. Like you wouldn't be able to capture it. And this all happens within like 30 seconds. Yeah. You wouldn't have enough time for me to sit, put the tripod up, get it on me, do a bugle, run back. The bull would have already been where I was and he would have been, I would have got busted. Like there's no, it just happens too fast. I, I feel like if you're doing it by yourself and especially in the dense area where I hunt where you were like British Columbia is for the most part it's not these open fields where you could just like set it up see the elk walking across this big opening and then as soon as it hits tree line you hit it that that's just what not like that say. here yeah that's all even if they yeah even if it just walks on the wrong side of the tree 
get out of your camera set up and it's like, no, it walked to the left instead of to the right. You have a beautiful everything to the left, but to the right, you don't eat. It's a total different camera uh, yeah. set up. And I feel like those kind of hunts would pretty much be impossible. You need a cameraman. You, yeah, like, without it, a cameraman. You, you absolutely need a cameraman to make that, you know, reliable. I mean, you could have the stars align one one out of ten elk where you could get it and self film it, but that would, um, yeah, no, that that needs a cameraman, particularly with the bow, and like like you're saying for the rifle setup. Once you get a, a bull bugling, you're you're looking for that opening to draw them out on the other side, so you got cameras set up and everything sort of set up. Uh, and you know you got them coming to you so you, you still need a few things to work out and e even rifle hunting and because there's still a lot of you know you're charging after the bull you're both bugling you're both heading towards each other you know even with the rifle it, it really begs to have a, a cameraman for sure yeah i feel like there's a lot of hunts that you just like like um even like the high mountain stuff if you're bow hunting like goats Feel like doing that with yourself by yourself would be extremely difficult yeah and like to get it good i mean you can get shitty footage you can put a gopro on throw a gopro on your head you yeah. know on your and on your bow maybe and get some footage of it that way mm -hmm. but it's not the same as like the third party perspective where the guy is actually you're making it look like somebody's actually there with you watching what you're doing yeah yeah that's it's i'm i'm not uh as interested in first party or first person perspective filming on on hunts other than you know a shot of your boots maybe when you're hiking uh i i you know it's just a personal it's, choice it's I, I don't you know i just that doesn't get me as charged up what did you say <laughs> i said pete's great at those oh my god <laughs> 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 He's got the great, he's got like the most perfect boot and like gator pictures ever. I don't know how many takes you, or how many times it takes you to get those, but you, I'll give I you just, that, buddy. You, you got, got that scale lucky. down. I just get, get lucky. lucky. I don't have the fucking patience. It's like, those will work. I can edit some stuff. If not, whatever, let's go kill some shit. And then I don't kill shit. And it's like, I sure hope those photos. Yeah. And see, that's the way I've been for the longest time. And it wasn't. I can relate. That's how I was the longest time. And it wasn't till like. I actually just got forced into it by actually that I actually start to enjoy it. Like I still have, I have to learn a lot about the camera, but like the automatic zoom and stuff in the AI definitely makes it easier than understanding, like then switching, switching it to manual. Um, but I, no, I really enjoy taking, you know, photos and stuff like that of some of our experiences that are out there. I find and this is just me personally. Um, it's nice on some trips where I decide not to pull out my phone for photos or anything like that and just enjoy the moment. Yeah. And I think it. that's what I'm going to start doing is not using my phone and using the camera more. Even when like later today, we're going to go take a blind down. I'm taking my boys out and just using it there. Right. Yeah. And using it like there's a lot of times like I was thinking later, I was like, man, I should have filmed when I took a wide out on, we were trying to get him uh, a deer with his bow and we were just going to get like, it's doe season. He was going to shoot a doe and like, man, like the, th the three days, the last three days of us hunting were pretty 
they're pretty entertaining you know like yeah. he took a he he learned a lot about it you know like when we were walking out there in the last day the very last day you cannot december 20th last day we we're walking out there in dark and he looks at me and he's like dad bow hunting's hard i'm like yeah buddy it is hard it is really hard <laughs> but you know he had a he had he took a shot at one it jumped the string he took a shot at another one and misjudged him and right as it was getting dark we had one coming in and it came right into 20 yards and it was broadside and it was perfect and it was just walking in the snow and he drew back and he was a little too loud on his drawback you know a little too little too loud he's just not like we have his bow set up and it's 42 pounds he's not you know he's 11 years old well, he's 12 now but it, you know he's just not quite there strong enough where he can just like pull a bow like manhandle a bow and then get it into position where you need to get into anchor. Cause a lot of times when you're hunting, you have to be, you have to be able to pull your bow laying down in different positions. And it takes a lot of physical strength to pull it. Like my bow, the bow I'm shooting is like 78 pounds and I can pull it in any position, but I've also done it, you know, hundreds of thousands of times where you have that muscle built where he's just not quite there yet. He's physically not there. And if he would have, there was, he could have, put himself in a different position to be less loud and he would have been able to have it where that deer didn't hear him because basically it hurt him in his draw cycle and it just jumped it didn't spook it just jumped to the left and then stepped behind a tree and if it would have just jumped and stopped he would have been able to get a shot but unfortunately it jumped and moved behind a tree and just stopped it wasn't spook and it sat there and it got dark and that was it right but and then it's next year then it's next year. But yeah, I feel like I should have got that. I should have had the camera involved on that. The only thing is I didn't want to ruin the opportunity for him by fumbling with a camera. Right. Yeah. That's I, I, I just didn't want him. Like I wanted him to be successful. I didn't want him. I didn't want to be like, wait, wait, or like have a deer spook with me muffling around with the camera moving. I just wanted him to be successful all on his own where it was like, you know, if he's going to screw up, it's going to be him that does it. it has nothing to do with me. So that was my reasoning. I didn't do it. Well, the other thing too, is at his age, you you have to wonder if adding a camera into the equation to it, add a little bit of extra pressure, even though it's just you and him still. Yeah. Kid's going to be thinking about that camera instead of thinking about the deer. Yeah. Potentially. I'm not saying you would, yeah. but you have to wonder that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. But like I said, I just didn't want, I didn't want to be the reason why it ruined. Like he's going to ruin a lot of like, like all of us, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to blow our own hunts. And I just didn't want to be responsible for it. Like, right. Hey man, there's been lots of times where he's done it, but I just wanted, I didn't want to be responsible for him missing an opportunity. So I just chose not to do it, but I'm going to start doing like even our 3d shoot, like to get that the that film for the whole weekend i think that would be really really good to have yeah i think if we can plan some stuff ahead of time then it'll make it a little easier yeah and i feel like it's gonna take a little more like rather than just like a grab and go it'll take a little bit of planning ahead of time maybe me getting there a day earlier you know i'd like to film you guys setting up the whole thing yeah type of deal and i know a guy i've been working with in town here we've been talking back and forth maybe we can get him along and like there is a lot of guys who are trying to get into filming and archery at the same time so that would be a great experience or a great opportunity for them to to learn and and to be part of something like that because like those 3d you know it's great guys who want to bow hunt that's the best practice those 3d yeah. tournaments 
I mean, obviously, it didn't do you a lot of good this year, Pete, but... No. <laughs> it didn't do me any good at all. Not, Not at all. Balls. You had a good year. Black oh, Bear. I, I've got no regrets. I, I don't honestly Quite think too. I made, like, looking back, I don't think that there were any hunts that I ruined an opportunity that I had by a bad decision. Like, I've done it in the past where it's like, I shouldn't have done that or I shouldn't have done that. Every close encounter that I had, I think in those specific opportunities, I did everything right. The stars just didn't align. It just wouldn't yeah. come out of the well, bush. And it as you hunt more, you, mi you minimize those. Like I still did a lot of things wrong that, but I minimize and they're less severe. Whereas like if before it was like, you're doing stuff like, and I've also changed my, like I've kind of niched my style of hunting into what works for me, bow hunting. And like I said, I had to, lower my standards for class of animals. Like I don't I hunt a lot differently now with a bow than I did with a rifle way different, but I've had to go through all those, like those hard lessons and like completely blow a hunt to where like now, if you make a little mistake, it's recoverable. Whereas like, yeah, I messed up there, but I can still get on this bull here right away yeah. or I can still get on this mule deer. Right. Um, so you, 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 as you develop and as you become a better hunter, you learn you know, you, you still make mistakes, but they just, I feel like they're minimalistic compared to like those big ones that you made when you and first I think started. Being in probably some of the best shape that I've been in, in years also took out some of those oh, yeah. factors I mean, that would adjust, you know, that fatigue, the longer that you can stay fresh in your, in your head and body, the more often you're going to make correct decisions instead of making decisions under duress, you know, like yeah. you're so fatigued and like, why did I make that? I would never make that decision you know, three hours ago. That was yeah, stupid. Sure. Yeah. So I think if a person just dedicates himself into, you know, tra just training as much as you can, it doesn't matter if it's the little things, it's going to help you out in the long run, especially deep into the season, because we all get more and more fatigued as the season. Oh well, yeah, for on. sure. Like if you think of like physical, you get into like, if you're physically worn out, like how worn out were you at the end of the season, Ashley? You must have been just like I, I was, I was done. Like I, I and but if you were, if you were in less physical shape, you probably mentally w would have had to tap out a lot earlier. Yeah, I, I just, I would have been focusing on different things. It just would have been, you know, at no point did my body fail me this fall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I told it to do everything I want. My body was never a factor in my hunts. If I wanted to make it to the next three basins, I made it to them every time. Um, I think some of that adding in the mental training um, helped even more so, I think. I'm, I'm pretty mentally strong, but torturing myself, like when... If you're doing something you don't want to do or or you've passed the, the time that you want to continue to carry something and you force yourself to carry it twice that distance, like, mm -hmm. you know, you blow it way beyond where it says, oh, this kind of sucks. Oh, well, it's only 10% of, of the task and I'm over. No, I, you know, it's 200% of what I could take. And then, then the hunting to the next basin, I didn't get to the point where I would be like glassing good ground and I and not seeing something. And then it's, you know, I've got two hours of legal uh, hunting time left. There's one last basin to check over there. 
I didn't sell out on myself and say, no, I'm sticking this out. Well, it didn't work the night before when I was a kilometer and a half away. Now I'm 700 yards away looking over the same base and not working. Two hours left. I got a 30-minute hike to hunt for an hour and a half in a different basin. I'm going to take that, that even though that's mm -hmm. in the opposite way of camp, it's the opposite way, it's, it's headlamp on all the way back out of there. It just, I just felt strong that way. So mm -hmm. it wasn't me taking me out um, uh, by not being ready. So I think. Yeah, you know, which is huge. And I mean, that could make or break it right there. Right. Oh, yeah. If you're, in a position, sure. if you're in a position where you need to keep going, you need to keep grinding, you have to be mentally strong enough, mentally, physically. And I feel that obviously, you know, if you're physically worn out, your brain's going to be not far behind you. But you're right. You have to do. I mean, doing hard things is going to create good results, right? So you do that day in, day out, or you just do challenging things, not necessarily physically, but just mentally challenging things. And just, it could be as simple as stepping out of your comfort zone, doing things you don't want to do. Those are going to build mental strength, yeah. stuff like that. So, all right, guys, maybe we'll wrap this up. We'll say Sounds goodbye good. to 2023 and invite yeah. 2024. What's going to be the top story for 2024, Pete? Are Taylor Swift and uh, Travis Kelsey going to get married? Who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the big story of 2023? I don't know. My wife keeps bringing it up and I'm like, yeah, whatever. Do you know who those people are? <laughs> I don't know them. Don't care. <laughs> nationals. First place yeah. in the Nationals. First place in the Nationals and first bow kill. Nice. That should be good. Okay, guys. It's been hey, uh, a good year. Yeah, Looking happy forward to new year. yeah, happy new year to you guys too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Year. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for listening and uh, happy new year, everyone. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. Six, eight Western. Oh, a mule there, baby, right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.